The Beckers team is excited to be making our return to in-person events this fall. Join us in September for Beckers Hospital Review 6th Annual Health IT and Revenue Cycle Conference. We have opportunities to attend the in-person program in Chicago and also to join us virtually from the comfort of your own home. For information about registering and to find out if you are eligible to attend free of charge, reach out to us at registration at beckershealthcare.com. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to get to visit with two leaders from Cedars Sinai. Cedars Sinai just came out the most recent rankings of U.S. News and Report, ranked as I think the sixth ranked hospital in the entire United States, or hospital health system, a magnificent institution. We're here today with Art Ochoa, who's a senior vice president for advancement and community relationships at Cedars Sinai. And we've also got with us Dr. Haitham Hassoun. Dr. Hassoun is the vice medical vice president and medical director international for Cedar sinai and and so interested to see these great institutions so engaged in international operations too and we'll talk about what that means and what that looks like art can i ask you to take a moment to introduce yourself and then i'll ask dr hassoon to do the same thing sure thanks scott and it's a real pleasure uh and honor to be with you today and to, and to be appearing with my good friend and colleague uh hyphen hassoon uh, my uh, role and responsibility at Cedar sinai is to oversee uh, our marketing and communications teams, our uh, community engagement uh, teams, which includes our community benefit activities, uh, and our development or fundraising teams. I've been at Cedar sinai for over 20 years. Uh, I'm a lawyer by training, and that's how I first uh, became acquainted with Cedar sinai uh, Cedar I'm a tax uh, exempt organization lawyer uh, by, uh, by background, and I first um, knew Cedar sinai as a client, and um, uh, it has been uh, a wonderful uh, 20 years with Cedar sinai and uh, 17 years in the oldest part of my current job. How thrilled were you to move out of law and into a real leadership role <laughs> and into a real uh, you know, something where we're really yeah. helping the world. How thrilled were yeah, you to well, make that change? I know your background too, right? So I, I appreciate the question. I, you know, what I will say is, you know, I, lawyers are perform a really important function. Some of my best friends are lawyers, uh, you know, and we couldn't do what we do at Cedar sinai without the very wise counsel of both our inside and outside lawyers. But for me, you know, the opportunity to, to have a broader impact uh, and to be taking some of my legal skills, but to combine that with some of my other interests, um, it's just been an extraordinary opportunity and one that I'm grateful for every day. Just just magnificent. What a magnificent career transition. And you've been there for 20 years now. Just amazing. Dr. Hassoun, tell us about yourself and, 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 and so forth. Absolutely. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you, Scott. And uh, thankful that you're giving also a sort of a global healthcare international perspective to your podcast and the conversation. Uh, I'm an academic surgeon, a vascular surgeon by background. Um, you know, I, none of my friends or colleagues can either believe that or I'm mostly, I still practice, but I'm uh, mostly a hospital uh, administrator and executive and my career. Um, so, so I consider my, I'm new to LA. I've been here at Cedar sinai about two and a half years uh, came uh, to this uh, great post and as a career development move from Johns Hopkins, where I spent, I guess, the bulk of my, um, where I was faculty for many years and kind of got into the international and global landscape there. Um, I'm a, um, originally Lebanese of Lebanese immigrants. Um, 
and I was born in Portland, Oregon, but I consider myself from a Texan from Houston. And I've uh, spent, I went to school and most of my career, as I said, at Hopkins, and I've lived overseas as an American expat. So if that doesn't confuse you, I'm sure uh, uh, nothing will. Um, but um, so happy to be here in Los Angeles. It's an amazing city. Art is an LA guy. He teaches me about the culture. Um, and as does my boss, Rick Jacobs, who's also a, a LA born and raised and lifer. So um, I think we have an amazing global city. It fits well with what we're trying to do, which is um, really build brick by brick the, the, the best international uh, program. And that's not easy. There's some amazing hospitals in the US, obviously. Uh, with amazing global perspectives. And uh, so I'll stop there and I look forward to the conversation. No, thank you. I mean, what a what a, a magnificent background. Let me just ask you the quick question. Where in Texas were you raised and, and what was it like going to Hopkins, another amazing institution? Well, I mean, Houston is, is uh, look, you'll get many different opinions on Houston from which part of the country you're from. I think Houston's amazing global city, underrated. I uh, spent most of my time near the medical center in the Westview area. Um, and I kind of bounced back and forth between Houston and Baltimore from undergraduate to doing uh, medical school, back for residency, et cetera. I did spend one year in Chicago in your parts. I was a vascular fellowship at Northwestern. So that was an amazing place too. And, uh, you know, Hopkins is an amazing place. I love being from there. I love having spent my, uh, you know, training and education there. It's just an amazing university, as you know. It's so magnificent. Are, do you think of the Houston Oilers as the Oilers or the Texans today? <laughs> I'm a diehard Oilers fan. I don't have any allegiance to the Texans. When they left to Tennessee, they left in uh, a hole in our hearts. And I'm actually a Ravens fan now after since being in Baltimore for so many years. So. <laughs> it was, the Good Ravens question. were fun to watch. The Ravens are fun to watch. They've always been a fun franchise to watch in a lot of ways. So fantastic. So let me, let me go to you first because there's such this interest in some of these great, great institutions in the United States. Cleveland Clinic is overseas in a big way. We just had a ch chance to talk to the president of their international operations. Fascinating what they're doing. Why is that? Why is Cedar sinai why are these institutions so interested in international operations? It, it, talk to us a little bit about that and what the what the goals and plans are for a Cedar Sinai, Dr. Hassoun. Okay, I'll do my best to keep it uh, brief. This is a, a, a whopping question, a great question, and I think um, you know I think uh, act, you know hospitals and doctors and providers have been global throughout humankind. It's not something that's new. Um, but we look at it in the modern era as sort of the past two, three decades, these top hospitals in the US were attracting sort of uh, patients coming from around the world to get either the, the highest tech cutting edge care that they couldn't get at home, or they just had the means and ability to come and they perceived our hospitals, uh, some of which you mentioned as top hospitals. And and I think over time, um, you know, as we got in past 2000, and it became clear that the develop the world was developing, uh, you know, um, their own uh, healthcare delivery models and wanted help and support. And you know, not everyone got into it at first. Obviously, you mentioned a couple Hopkins and Cleveland are probably the most, uh, you know, notorious or infamous, if you will, of, of doing major global activities. And it turns out that it has many benefits. I mean, one, you are in, you're, you're touching more lives. And at the end of the day, that's what we're all after, right? 
Uh, I think too, it, it does help um, with the uh, financial uh, bottom line uh, for the institution. I think patients, um, I think either developing new revenue streams or you're, uh, you know, uh, getting premium paying patients to come to your hospital. And, and I think that um, also um, it, it helps the research mission and the education and, ac and the academic enterprise as a whole. So I think you can't really break it down into one thing. I truly believe it's multifactorial and it's all the things that make up an academic medical center. And, and let me ask you a question, and I, I'm just not familiar with like where Cedar sinai is. Cleveland Clinic, for example, has hospitals in London and Abu Dhabi and Abu Dhabi and looking at other places. Is that part of the long-term mission of Cedar sinai Will you have locations overseas or do you? Well, I, we do. We have, uh, but not in in the in the uh, either the the time or the history or the model that Cleveland Clinic is doing it. So, uh, I think we've developed a robust strategy here uh, for us to get global. Now, Cedar Sinai is is kind of a late entry into uh, the game. We have had a, a great international program over, over 20 years, mostly for patients coming here, but I have ventured out, um, and and it turns out that. Um, you know, the institution actually was quite ready. Uh, we have great leadership with a, with a bold vision. And I think the timing was right on my arrival here uh, to put that strategy in place. We have two affiliations that we've now um, kind of uh, started, a Greenfield Hospital Development, really state-of-the-art hospitals with partners in Shenzhen, China, with Taikong Healthcare, and in Doha, Qatar, uh, with a group called Power International, which is a, a major business conglomerate there. And I think those are key strategic areas for us. Um, and I think those are, you know, you know, they're greenfield. They're, they're not open yet. We're helping them design, develop, and uh, uh, put a plan in place. Um, I think, you know, Cleveland Clinic has obviously done an amazing job in their own strategy of putting vertical assets, um, really a lot of effort and resource in key strategic areas like Abu Dhabi and now London. And, and they're, they're obviously doing other great things. At Hopkins, we had a little different model. We certainly had the joint venture with Saudi Aramco, which was, I would say, one of these major um, assets, but had multiple affiliations and engagements around the world, many more than like Cleveland Clinic. And I do think that, um, I think for us at Cedars-Sinai, we we're, we're probably have a strategy that's somewhere in between the two. We want to be in, our, in key strategic areas, but we also um, Want to want to think about doing multiple different uh, types of activities, and that will maximize and amplify our impact. Fantastic! And, and no, it's just so fascinating to me. I mean, traditionally, uh, places like I'm just familiar with what I'm familiar with, like University of Chicago Medicine, was big originally on trying to be, bring patients from overseas to University of Chicago, where some of their greatest specialties were, and, and Cedar Sinai is literally one of these, one of the best institutions in the world. How much does the traditional strategy revolves around bringing patients to Cedar sinai to take advantage of the magnificent institution it is versus having locations and partnerships overseas? Another great question. I think I can say for us at Cedar sinai we anchor it. Everything we do is about taking care of patients and we do believe in taking care of them where they are um, at, or where they best can get treatment. So often and, and most of the time in highly specialized care, they really need to come to Los Angeles to our facilities, to where our, our teams of doctors and providers are. 
and get that type of care. And so that, that is our first priority and our goal is, is, is to maintain and build upon a robust, what we call international patient services or medical travel program. Um, having said that, I think the, the market demands and, and requires us to engage globally. And I think for us and to put any sustainable program in place, you've got to have both lines of business and you've got to have truly a global perspective. And the one advantage we have is being in Los Angeles. And this is where we connect with our local community. And that's why I think my, you know, Art and I work so closely together um, because I, I think that, you know, we, you know, we get patients from over a hundred countries. And, and I think that's fundamentally because of our location and being this amazing global city, Los Angeles. Thank you very, very much. I, I'm so interested in what Cedar Sane is doing and will do internationally, given the magnificent institution that it is. Art, let me turn to you. Talk a little bit about a, a few points of pride in Cedar Sinai. Uh, tell us about you know some of your thoughts. Sure, uh, th- and thanks, Scott. Uh, so let me let me just start by saying, as Haitham um, uh, indicated a second ago, I am a local um, LA kid. Uh, I'm a Mexican American kid from um, from from the, the east part of Los Angeles County, um, and grew up. Uh, knowing uh, Cedar sinai and knowing uh, that um, Cedar sinai is an institution that stood for for quality and was a was really a beacon for the community you know what I didn't know growing up and I've come to know um, is that you know since our founding uh, in in 1902 as essentially a 16 bed tuberculosis hospice uh, in Angelino Heights which is you know Kind of the east side of town to our growth uh, as a uh, as as this you know healthcare organization that is as Python was describing you know not only a, a local and regional destination but an international destination um, we are we are serving the world uh, and that trajectory and that that growth over these last you know nearly 120 years has really been. Uh, driven by uh, the generosity of our community, uh, by an extraordinary uh, collection and generations of of extraordinary uh, individuals who have worked at Cedars-Sinai and been affiliated with Cedars-Sinai as physicians, as nurses, and as others um, over the years, and by a terrific board uh, and, and, and generations of boards. Who have helped guided, uh, who've helped to guide Cedar Sinai, you know, over this this amazing 120 uh, year journey. So that's that's the first thing that I'm I'm really proud of is that um, is that trajectory uh, of Cedar Sinai to this international um, destination that that we've become, uh, but also at the same time not losing sight of the region and the community that we serve. Um, which which kind of brings me to the, the second. Yeah, go ahead. Let me ask you. One question or one observation you mentioned, you know, Mexican American, uh, son of sort of a, you know, of a Mexican American parent, um, Dr. Hassoun, immigrant of parents from Lebanon. How wonderful is that? That the the most magnificent, one of the most magnificent institutions in the country, and in in such so so such a part of our country that the leaders of it are, are immigrants or first or second generation immigrants, which all of us are within a generation or two. I mean, how, how wonderful is that a reflection on Cedar sinai and, and what people can do? 
Well, thank you for that. And I completely agree that, you know, that's, this is part of the broader, you know, immigrant experience in America. And, you know, we see, I think, in healthcare in particular, um, a great deal of diversity, uh, probably for a number of reasons, frankly. Uh, And what I'm really proud of is that we've got uh, a, uh, an employee base, uh, a physician base at Cedar sinai that looks a lot like the patients that we serve. I think that's really important uh, for an organization to be, you know, truly, uh, uh, truly in the best position to serve patients uh, in a in a diverse uh, community like Los Angeles and from, from from all over the world. You not only need to be culturally competent at a conceptual level, but you need to be diverse. Uh, and people need to be cared for by by people um, who are like them. Uh, and uh, and Cedar Sinai is you know one of these great institutions that you know we were founded. I mean, this is the thing: we were founded as a response to discrimination. When you when you look at what we were founded uh, uh, back to our founding in 1902, you know this was a response to discrimination against Jewish physicians, Jewish nurses, and Jewish patients. And since our since our origins. We've been open to all uh, from a patient care perspective, and we've taken care of everybody. And you know, it's one of the reasons why I'm so proud of you know our community benefit uh, at Cedar Sinai. And you know, obviously, you know, we we, we need we need margin uh, in order to, to proceed uh, with our and pursue our mission. But we are we are very focused on on serving everyone, and and that goes back. That's in our DNA. That goes back to our roots. And it's magnificent to be so excellent and so focused on serving the community. It's hitting those two goals is so critical to the greatness that is the institution. Tell us a couple more points of pride in Cedar Sinai Art. So um, the other thing I would tell you, and Hytham talked about this um, a little bit as well, is you know our our research uh, and our academic mission. And you know what? Again, when you think about starting from 16 beds and you know a tuberculosis hospice to becoming uh, the research enterprise that we've become, that's an amazing story in its own right. But what I'm particularly proud of is our translational research orientation. My colleague, our chief academic officer, Shlomo Melmed, has for you know more than 20 years guided the growth of our academic enterprise, and and his his focus has really been, and our overall focus has really been on, on translational research. And, and so, you know, what, what, what I like to say uh, is that, you know, at Cedar sinai you know, our, um, our, our research exists for the sake of our patients. And I think you will find it at other, at some other academic institutions, it, it certainly can feel to patients and their families like they exist for the sake of the research. And you know, we always, as Hyson said, we always put patients first, and um, and and I think that's why our our patient experience uh, 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 scores are what they are, and why our why our patients really appreciate uh, the the care that they receive uh, at Cedar Sinai, not just on a clinical level, but on a human uh, on the human interaction level as well. And um, and so you know, that's the uh, one of the other things I'm, I'm deeply proud of at Cedar Sinai. Our one quick question. You know, so I am a layperson that I live in the healthcare world. The phrase translational research, you know, I think of that as applied research, but tell me exactly what translational research means for a layperson trying to understand that term. 
because I think I understand it, but I'm not sure. But tell me sure. exactly what that means. I hear it so often, and I never get I never get to actually ask somebody the question. What does it mean? Sure. Well, so just Scott, just know you're asking another lawyer this question. So you know it has all the risks of uh, associated <laughs> with that. But what I, would, what I would tell you is my understanding of translational research and the way I, I'm using it. What I mean to describe is that we are focused on discoveries. Uh, and getting discoveries from the lab bench to the patient bedside as quickly as possible. We are not uh, focused on a broad and deep strategy of basic science research. We're really focused on, on taking uh, discoveries that are further down the pipeline, taking knowledge and building on that basic science knowledge and, uh, and figuring out how we can get that into a clinical care setting as, as quickly as possible, whether those are uh, whether whether we're talking about you know devices, whether we're talking about drugs, whether we're talking about therapies, uh, whatever it is, and so um, so for us, you know that's how you you make the most of your uh, of your finite resources, uh, and how for Cedar Sinai we've continued I think to punch above our weight class uh, on academics, and it's one of the reasons. Uh, that, you know, you, as you started this podcast, as you, you pointed out that, you know, under, according to U.S. News and World Report, we're number six in the country. And obviously, a lot of what's driving that um, is our academic enterprise. And, you know, we've been really strategic about how we've, um, uh, how we've uh, deployed and engaged um, our, our, our resources on that side. Fantastic. You were going to mention, uh, before I cut you off again, a third point of pride. So you know, if I had to, um, if I had to say um, uh, the thing that, uh, that 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 excites me when I walk into Cedar Sinai every day, it's it's knowing that we uh, we at Cedar Sinai, the the people of the more than fifteen thousand people at Cedar Sinai, are incredibly mission focused. And, and I know that sounds sort of corny to say, but I will just tell you, I you know, I've had the opportunity to spend time in a lot of organizations. Um, both in healthcare and, and otherwise, and and, and 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 I've never seen it as um, as as acutely and profoundly true um, as I have at Cedar Sinai. That that everyone, from the person who you know who hands you your 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 parking uh, uh, um, a ticket, to uh, to to the people who help clean Cedar Sinai, to our physicians and nurses, and 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 everyone else, everyone is is singularly focused on, on our healthcare mission and singularly focused on and proud of their role in, uh, in doing that and proud of Cedar sinais role in the Los Angeles community and the world beyond it. You know, the fact that we are, you know, known and some people will, will say tongue in cheek, you know, as the hospitals or the stars, you know, we're proud, we're proud that people who can come anywhere uh, choose to come to Cedar Sinai, and we're proud that we're serving people in the community who are the most vulnerable. And we're proud that, you know, thanks to Hytham's great work, we've got people from all over the world uh, who are coming to Cedar Sinai for care, and that people want the Cedar Sinai brand and quality of care um, in country, in their in their home country. The, 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 that 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 thing to me, that that intangible quality of mission focus and pride in the organization. It's just incredible. Thank you very much, Art. Dr. Hassoun, let me ask you, what are you most focused on and excited about this year? Well, I think um, 
you know, we're focused on growth. <clears throat> and I, I would link that to where is my excitement? I, I'm excited for this, the end of the pandemic. So, you know, that, that uh, of course, when we get excited, we're wishing for a brighter and better future. And I think, um, you know, I think there's obviously the pandemic has, has provided a lot of human suffering. And, but I also think it's part of our human journey. And, um, you know, I think here locally, um, you know, things have, we, we've been up and down like many places, um, but it's, it's really good to see the, the community rally around um, getting vaccinated, around the health and I think we have a very balanced approach, um, uh, in my view, at Cedar Sinai and in our local community. And I'm really excited that um, to take what we've learned and the opportunities that exist uh, beyond the pandemic. And I really believe that there are. I, I feel that globally. I think there's a, a redistribution um, of energy and focus around health and wellness, investing in healthcare, um, thinking about it in many different parts of the world. So of course we got challenges to overcome. Just the logistics have been uh, obviously it, it's overwhelming, and we're still in the midst of that. But um, you know I do think there's a bright future around the corner. So I'm really excited about that, and and I'm excited about our continued growth. So um, you know we've um, we, we've seen even despite the pandemic, we've we've seen a, a, a growth in our patient services. Um, not only in volume, but in, in kind of what we're doing, our foundational elements, our digital transformation, some of the high-touch ser touch services we're providing here. I'm very excited about we're going to have a beautiful brand-new international patient lounge, which will also allow access to other segments of our population where it makes sense. Um, I think patients who travel are different than if they live in, in their home locally and they need, uh, they need us to close those gaps and, and provide an area for them and their families um, uh, to, 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 to relax and to, to do business. And I'm excited about that uh, for us here just as a simple, simple thing. So um, I think, you know, business is moving forward uh, on a global scale for us. Um, and uh, you know, lastly, I'm going to say the obvious, the, 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 the touching patients where they are component, the telehealth is uh, booming. We now do about 20% uh, of our uh, volume is virtual. And I think for international, it's a little different. I think that's going to be sustained. You know, we've had that moment where we can do it. People want that. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of regulatory challenges and barriers, um, but our legal team is great. We're working with them directly to to, to not put our providers at risk, but while being practical and pragmatic and providing uh, care where the patients are. Magnificent. Art, anything you wanted to mention about where you're most focused and excited this year? Sure. Um, yeah, like Heisem, I'm I'm an optimist, and so I am I'm really optimistic that you know we're 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 going to have this pandemic in the rearview mirror you know over the next few months or you know within the next 12 months at least, and um, but I think the pandemic provided an opportunity for uh, for for us at Cedar Sinai, I just like it provided an opportunity for um, for 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 people around the world to reflect on what's important and to reflect on priorities. And, and we engaged in, you know, while, while at the same time we were, you know, responding to a healthcare crisis in our region and beyond, and we cared for more COVID patients at Cedar sinai than anywhere else in Los Angeles, 
uh, and, and during this current wave in LA, we continue to do that. But while we were doing that, and while we were, you know, in the midst of, of that, you know, sort of crisis response, we were also engaged in deep introspection about, you know, what's important. And, and a lot of what emerged from that introspection is, are the things that Hyphen just articulated. One thing I would add is um, that during the crisis, it really gave us an opportunity um, to, to, to double down on our, our healthcare uh, diplomacy uh, uh, initiatives and thinking. And, and during this time, you know, Hyphen and I, and partnering with the Pacific Council on International Policy, uh, 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 ended up you know, spending time in really interesting discussions about uh, the role of healthcare uh, in, uh, in, in, in different countries around the world and the role that healthcare can play in advancing uh, diplomacy and, and global understanding and global cooperation. So one of the things that I'm most excited about as we emerge from the pandemic is that we're going to be able uh, to uh, to advance that effort uh, in the ways that Hyphen described, and even in a in a broader sense of um, of helping uh, uh, our country, helping our region, helping our our institution all uh, uh, serve the world and and help uh, generate a better understanding and, and, and better cooperation through um, through healthcare. Thank you very much. What a pleasure to visit with leadership at Cedar Sinai. A chance to visit with Dr. Haitham Hassoun, who's one of the leaders of the international work at Cedar Sinai, and Art Ochoa, who's a leader in development and community relationships and so forth. What a great pleasure to visit with both of you and hear more about what Cedar Sinai is looking at and doing. Magnificent institution. Thank you both for joining the Becker's Healthcare Podcast today. Thank you, Scott. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much.